Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? It's Heidi Fang here for the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. And I've got a stacked show for you from Allegheny Gold to Eddie Borsilli and Sam Gordon all joining me to break down everything happening in free agency. So you're going to want to make sure you hit subscribe because I always bring you the shows like this, the fire, all the things you want to know what's happening with your Raiders here on VegasNation.com. We are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download that mobile app today and get a bonus of up to $500 when you sign up. First, let's kick things off here with Sam Gordon. The one and only our Raiders writer. He does it all. Combat sports. It's Sam Gordon. He's also heard on the first and 10 podcast with Vinny Bonsignor. Sam, thank you again for taking the time to come on today. It's been a wild one, hasn't it? Yeah, I certainly Raiders very, very active on, on today. This, I, I guess now Wednesday afternoon after kind of some dormants, right? So very quiet, tepid start to free agency, but they more than made up for it uh, today. So I appreciate you having me on the show uh, to break it all down. Absolutely. I uh, can think of anybody better that gets into the numbers like you do. We have that segment by the numbers with Sam Gordon. So let's get into some of these numbers, starting with the cap space. I think it's kind of interesting now um, what the Raiders have available. It started out, you know, 182 last year. It went up to over 200 this year. Right now, after some of the moves that they've made today, what kind of space do they still have available? Yeah, I, I think last I looked, they, they had about $20 million, um in space available, right? And again, this is as of Wednesday afternoon. Uh, but that gives them more than enough flexibility to make, to make some moves. I, I don't think um, it's necessary to expect any kind of major move. I think they already made that, right, with, with, with bringing Chandler Jones over, trading Unique Nagakwe um, and whatnot. But there's more than enough. I mean, this, this roster, I, I think where, where things presently stand, You've upgraded, or you believe you upgraded that corner with the trade to Indianapolis. You, you replaced Yannick Ngakwe's production with Chandler Jones, who I'm guessing the the, um, the Raiders believe it gives them a little bit more upside. Uh, and then there's the redress depth that corner with some smaller moves, but there's still holes on the offensive line. I think you'd like a veteran, either tackle or guard, uh, to step in and contribute right away. And then, um, you know, got to figure out some things on the perimeter, too, when it comes to wide receiver. Mac Hollins uh, joins the fold today. Uh, but but you get the sense he's going to be a special teamer as well as a receiver. So there's still there's still some holes on this roster, but 20 million um, is more than enough cap space to figure some things out and to add some players on the periphery and kind of get the roster set where they want it to be before you enter uh, next month's NFL draft, which is of course here in Las Vegas. Let's get into some of those names you just dropped there, Sam. Break them down a little bit more in depth. Uh, Chandler Jones, a big ticket name, defensive end, outside linebacker, four time Pro Bowler, guy that can come in and automatically compliments what Max Crosby can do. But what I was curious about with Chandler Jones and him coming into the Raiders fold here, does that make it seem more like they're going three, four, or is it still three, four, four, three, or is it still a sub defense? What do you see when you see Chandler Jones coming into the fold? Well, yeah, I think kind of given how the role he's played in Arizona the last several years is more of a stand-up linebacker rushing off the edge. It, It lends me to believe at the very least, a uh, 3-4 is going to be a big part of what Patrick Graham wants to do. And, and it makes sense. When you bring in a player of, of Chandler Jones' caliber, at least what he's shown to be um, the last several years, if, if he's excelling in that particular role, why would you bring him in to have him do something he hasn't done in quite some time since the New England days where he was more of a traditional, uh, you know, hand-in-the-dirt kind of pass rusher? So 
Uh, I, that, that's what it suggests to me. Now, I, I do still expect there to be multiple looks, multiple kinds of fronts. I don't think we're going to be shocked at all if we see plenty of four-man front. Because, again, it's not like Chandler Jones hasn't done this before. It's just been a while since he did this full-time. But, but given that he's more of a stand-up linebacker type um, and very good at it, you go back the last several years, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six of the last seven seasons now, um, Heidi, he's produced double-digit sacks, ten and a half last year. So still – um, still a lot of production you can expect. But yeah, to go back to your original question, I think it's fair to assume at least that the 3-4 the, the, the look is going to be a big part of what they do. And, and that could mean a different role uh, for Max Crosby at times too. Uh, seeing what, what he brings to the table, maybe there's another level, another gear he can get to as a, as a stand-up pass rusher as opposed to playing with his hand in the dirt. So uh, that, that's what I, I would glean right now. But of course, we still have a ways to go. Other moves that the Raiders uh, can and will make. And, and I think we'll learn more about that. Um, as the weeks go on. Absolutely. And as we continue to go on, we'll find out some more here about cornerback Rocky Hassan. He had a very uh, solid year in 2021 that led to him getting traded here to the Raiders and giving them some much needed uh, pieces here at cornerback. You have to think that this is somebody that has a lot of room to grow as young as he is. What do you see when you look at a guy like Rocky Hassan and think about what kind of asset he is to this team? Well, I think this was kind of the impetus um, for, for for the Jones move, right? Once the Raiders front office saw, okay, they can move off Nimigakwe, essentially upgrade that other cornerback spot with a guy that, you know, the last three years um, has been mostly a starter. You think you have that kind of potential starter potential, right? You'd assume he's going to be the starter given the way he played in Indianapolis. Uh, it's, it's a calculated, it's a calculated move in my opinion. Um, these guys, you know, started eight games last year, eight games in 2020, 13 games in 2019. So there's experience being a starter. There's experience playing on the perimeter. There's experience being a part of uh, a really good defense. And like you mentioned, Heidi, regarding his age, um, still young, still only 25 years old, doesn't turn 26 until May. So this to me feels like a move that's not just about this season and upgrading that cornerback move, uh, that cornerback spot this year but also a guy that has upside down the road uh, as well. So uh, you're just looking for depth and experience um, at this point, now that you have a high, uh, somebody that they believe can be a starter opposite Trayvon Mullen. And I think it's reasonable to expect to, to come in here and expect him to, to have a stranglehold on one of those starting jobs day one. And, and based on what we saw the last few years, uh, not, you know, not a shutdown corner per se, not somebody that you're going to expect to come down there and shut everything down, but somebody that can come in there, um, and at least make receivers work a little bit. He's proven he's good enough to be a starter, and, and the expectation, I think, in Las Vegas is the exact same thing. I don't know how much you've been on Twitter in the last minute or two, Sam, but I've seen that Matt Collins, uh, you mentioned his name there. He put up a graphic of himself. It says, roll the dice, bet on yourself, and it's pretty sick, actually. He's got the radio yeah. logo there. He's got the desert. He's got everything. Uh, if you all haven't seen it, I just hit the retweet on it. So I uh, wanted to get your take on what he adds to this squad as well. Yeah, I think a lot of that's kind of unknown. We, we know that he's been a reliable uh, special teamer uh, over the course of his career so far, Heidi, given the reps uh, that, that he had in Miami, played in 60% of their special team snaps last year, 57% in 2020. Um, so I think kind of, if I'm reading this correctly, the bet on yourself thing might mean there's more of an opportunity for him to, to get reps uh, at receiver. He's never had more than 226 receiving yards in a single season. You have to go all the way back to his rookie year, of 2017, um, 223 yards last year, four touchdowns, which is uh, has to be encouraging that there is some kind of uh, touchdown element given that he's 6'4 and 223 pounds. Uh, but he hasn't been a big focal point in Miami. So I doubt he's going to be a focal point per se. 
uh, here with the Raiders, but they needed size on uh, at the receiver position. He gives you an option in the red zone. Um, he does have a little bit of experience playing with Miami. Of course, I, I believe, Heidi, he made that long reception. Uh, the Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, comeback in 2020 when, when he's getting his face mask jerked on. Um, he threw that pass to Mac Hollins. So, so he is not, it won't be his first go around in Las Vegas. He made big play here before. Uh, and I think we're going to see somewhat of an expanded role. Although this signing to me clearly feels like somebody that they want to impact their special teams as well. Absolutely. So, uh, with all the moves that they've made, obviously there's some room to do some more. It kind of takes off the table. The idea of going after somebody like Devonte Adams, I know that's been a pipe dream, but I think a lot of people were still hopeful that it could happen via trade or, some other sure. way that, that they could work it out with the money, but, um, and picks, what have you, but he's commanding. I don't think the, the Raiders right now have enough to bring on board a guy like him, but, um, I believe Alan Robinson is still out there sure. as we speak. So would he still be somebody that you think could be a fit in this Raiders squad if they try to bolster up what they have in their receiver court? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think you look at what he was able to do for most of his tenure in Chicago. He's, you know, perennial thousand yard receiver, played with a rookie quarterback last year. And I think there was some struggles with the chemistry. He's also dealt at times with injuries, but when he's healthy and when he's right, still only 28 years old, great route runner, uh, physical ball skills kind of receiver and can also get down the field uh, and stretch the field. Uh, I think kind of where we're seeing it, how we're seeing the receiver market take shape with some of those massive contracts that Christian Kirk and, and even Zay Jones, good for him. Congratulations to him, DJ Char getting 10 million. Um, the question is, do the Raiders want to allocate the money necessary to bring in a receiver of Allen Robinson's caliber, a guy that can, you know, in, in, in theory, be that number one-ish receiver next to what you have with Hunter Renfro in the slot next to one of the best tight ends in football. Um, Darren Waller, but you can also go to draft. You can also go that route in terms of the draft. And we've heard um, the Raiders be connected to Marcus, Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Again, not necessarily um, a number one type of receiver, but somebody that can stretch the field, a big play receiver for Aaron Rodgers, where there would seem to be um, a bigger role. But yeah, Allen Robinson would make sense if they want to choose to uh, elect to spend their, their remaining cap space that way, or they can hold off and make more moves on the periphery, increase their depth bolster their depth and go receiver in the draft and maybe the first or second round. So being patient early on, I think for the Raiders gave them an opportunity to see what the landscape is, was going to be, see what the market was going to look like. Uh, and now you're able to kind of formulate your attack. It doesn't have to be built. You know, Rome doesn't have to be built in one day. It feels like they're being very patient and calculated with their approach, addressing their defensive line, um, their pass rush. And then of course the cornerback position. Now let's see if they take on wide receiver and offensive line. Excellent stuff, Sam. Right here, we're going to take a break. We're going to hear from Eddie Borsilli with SiriusXM NFL Radio, as well as Yards Per Attempt podcast host on RaidersBeat.com. He's going to join me to break down some of the moves as well, Sam, and maybe future moves. Sam, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for all the breakdown. And my pleasure, Adi. I appreciate you having me on, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.
Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. Now joining me for the second time today, y'all have no idea sometimes what goes into these things. Uh, Eddie had come on earlier. He's back with me. It's Eddie Borsilli from Sirius XM NFL Radio, the executive producer there, as well as the host of the Yards Per Attempt podcast on readersbeat.com. Eddie, welcome back again. Eddie, it's great <laughs> to see you again. It's one of those days. I told you this, this business is 24 uh, seven, especially with all the news coming out. You know, everyone's got to be on their heels. It's almost like you can't put your phone down for two seconds because the minute you do, the world just turns upside down. But it's it's always fun. Yeah. And I thought for a minute, I think the last thing that I said to you was keep your head on a swivel today. <laughs> oh, man. You ain't kidding, man. You Right before my show ended, I'm moving the chains. Von Miller signed a huge deal with the Buffalo Bills out of nowhere. So it's 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 stuff like that. But that's what that's what gives you juice. That's what we love as football fans to see that stuff and get you excited for the season. Comes out of nowhere, but it's fun. I love it. And this is the stuff you and I both live for. Uh, I wanted to get into a little bit about your Raiders, Eddie, because we uh, saw a lot of the moves. I talked to Sam Gordon about some of the numbers, the salary cap, where the money goes and all that. But I wanted to get your take on right now, the needs looking glaringly like offensive tackle wide receiver. What do you think the next move is for the Raiders in those areas and departments? Yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be on the opposite side of the ball. They made a couple additions uh, with Brandon Bolden and Jacob Johnson guys that Josh McDaniels knows well from New England. So they got the, the running back fullback situation. The offensive lines, it, it's, it's got to be a priority, right? We have Colton Miller at left tackle. You got John Simpson that played decent. Andre James that played decent. And we just don't know what you're going to get Alex out of Alex Leatherwood. So the right side of the line, right guard, right tackle. I think right tackle especially has to be a priority for this football team. There's good players that are out there, Heidi, that the Raiders can go get. I mean, you saw you know, Morgan Moga signed with the Baltimore Ravens. That was a guy that off, but good friend Trent Brown, as we talked about earlier, is still on the market. I know we're not supposed to say his name, but this, you know, Daryl was just blatantly I'm, out uh, loud and bold. Now we're trying to embrace it, trying to warm up a little bit. But guys like guys like Daryl Williams and Billy Turner are veteran free agent right tackles that are still on the market. You could probably get them on one or two year deal. So I think uh, offensive line, Still think wide receiver. They went out and they signed Matt Collins, a really good special teams player. Had four touchdowns last year. Big target. Maybe helps in the red zone a little bit, but more probably on the special team. So I think offensive line. I think wide receiver. And I'm going to still pound the table for another safety. I know they have the interchangeable players with Abram and Gillespie and those guys, but I still think a veteran safety on the back end would help this team out tremendously. Uh, looking at Josh Jacobs campaigning for, it looks like Julio Jones on Instagram. What do you think about that? That's uh, his boy. That's his Bama guy. You know, you saw the same thing when they when he when they signed Anthony Everett, the corner from the Ravens, another Alabama guy. These the Alabama guys are tight. Josh probably looked up to Julio Jones when he was at Alabama. Julio, we all love Julio. We all saw Julio's career. Julio's definitely past his prime now. He could still probably contribute. I expect Julio Jones. I'm saying I'll say it on this podcast. You heard it here first. I want to take credit when it comes out. Julio Jones will sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and play with Tom Brady next year. But, uh, you know, I, I understand what Josh is trying to do. What's up with Josh tweeting that he's going to he's got some news coming out. Is he changing his jersey? Come on. Yeah, it's got to be it. My six year old son is his jersey. He's going to pay me for that or what? Come on. Yeah, I think he should. I think he should. He should at least give you a heads up so you could have bought the number eight instead. Josh is definitely good for some cryptic tweets sometimes. But no, he's probably <laughs> just showing this guy Julio some love. Um, you know, those guys at Alabama definitely look up to a player like Julio Jones. And Eddie, I think there's also uh, some doors left open still when you talk about Stefan Gilmore. I'm still searching. I'm looking on every social media thing as we talk. He is not been signed or picked up by anybody as of right now. So 
I know this is somebody that has a lot of veteran presence that could really help this team. Do you think that the Raiders are still in the pursuit for a guy like Stefan Gilmore or just, you know, Stefan Gilmore? <laughs> I think they, I think they have to be right. They, they went out and you saw the trade today. They trade Yannick Ngakwe to the Colts for a player. Rocky is saying that they had at the senior bowl a couple of years ago, a good zone corner. So they have a lot of youth now. Like I mentioned before, they signed Anthony Everett. They have youth now. They have Trayvon Mullen. They have Nate Hobbs. I still think you need that veteran presence. Now, I'm always a big proponent of guys like that that come in and maybe it's a Stefan Gilmore playing a little corner and maybe it's playing a little safety. Okay. I'm not saying that he has to be moved to safety and you know his skills that diminish, but you know, you've seen it a couple of years ago with players. You saw it with the Raiders a long time ago with Rod Woodson. You saw it with Charles Woodson. When he stops playing cornerback, he goes to that safety spot. I would love that veteran presence. I think they're playing it smart though, Heidi. I think they're playing it saying, Stefan, you go out there. If you get a big time offer, you take it and God bless you. But if you don't, we're here and we're gonna, we want you to play for this football team. So again, it's the first day of free agency. Tomorrow morning, tonight, any time of the day, these deals can get done, but they're probably saying, hey, go out there and see what your feels are. The key will be for your listeners out there. If the players start taking visits, once the players start taking the visits, you know, the market is not there for them. They're not taking visits if the market was there because if the market was there, they sign array. So the market, they're, they're trying to get it out, trying to go to teams, trying to you know tell them what they're going to get in the player. So if you see a player like Stefan Gilmore taking some visits that could benefit the Raiders, maybe they can get them in the building. Once they get them in the building, they don't let them leave and they sign them to a long term deal. You were just bringing it up with Unique Ngakwe. I wanted to find out from you what your thought was on him getting traded. Is it he wants to be with Gus Bradley forever or was there something else to it? Yeah, I think honestly, Heidi, I think it was more to do with the salary cap. At first, when uh, you know you saw the news that Chandler Jones signed with, with the Vegas Raiders, you're like, wow, this is going to be amazing. You're going to have three guys, him, Max, and Unique coming off the edge. It's going to be incredible. And then you see Unique gets traded. I think it's smart. It's smart for twofold. Unique is a really good player. He's never had less than eight sacks in a season. I was a big Unique Ngakwe fan. I still am. He's a very good football player. The way they're shifting over to the Patrick Graham defense can be a little more hybrid, maybe a little more three, four base. Unique kind of doesn't fit that mold a little bit. And what do they do? They take that salary and they get rid of salary and they get a young corner. So to me, it's not like you're just taking Unique and saying, all right, we, we don't want this contract anymore. We got to pay Chandler Jones. Let's get a Unique. No, you turn that into a young cornerback that could help you next year. It's smart. It's smart business. So I don't think it was just the, the, the it was maybe a little bit of the fit, but I think it was the contract stuff. Hey, we need to do some more. Obviously, we need to address the offensive line, wide receiver. They need money to play with. They got Chandler Jones in here now. The pass rush is going to be phenomenal, made unique and expendable, and you get a good player like Rocky Sinback. And he is Chandler Jones, and he does have Russell Wilson's number. Oh, man. That seems to be a thing. <laughs> he, is, he, he is haunted Russell Wilson for a long, long time. Russell's probably like, man, I got to go to the Broncos, get away from Chandler Jones. It's like, oh, no. Chandler, look, I'll say this about Chandler Jones. He is a game wrecker. They're a game, he had, the first week of last year, he had five sacks in one game. This dude could literally take over games. He's a borderline Hall of Famer right now, over 100 sacks. I mean, and he's only 32 years old. So this guy's in the juice. He looks amazing in the black jersey. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Um, but <laughs> Patrick Graham is going to is going to scheme up him and Max, not just coming from opposing sides, coming from the same side. He's going to be a game wrecker. And you need it. You need it. We talked about it in the AFC West. Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. You need guys like this to get after the quarterback or else you're not going to win. It's got a couple more for you, Eddie. And one of them is sadly, Alec Ingold is moving on, uh, thinking he's getting a nice little payday there in Miami with the Dolphins. So good for Alec Ingold. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it gutting for this team and for the fans to lose a guy like him, somebody that's been so involved? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think everybody knows. At first, it's on the surface, everybody's like, ah, it kind of stinks. Everybody loves a player like Alec Ingold. He was, you know, I remember Gruden, you know, coming after the senior bowl, and he, we were down there covering the game, and the players that he loved, he would give the stickers. He put the stickers on top of their helmet. Alec Ingold had so many stickers he couldn't even see out of his face mask. I mean, that's how much Gruden staff loved this player. And he came in and he did his job. I'm happy for him. He got a good payday. For whatever reason, you know, Josh wants to bring in his guys. Josh is comfortable with Brandon Boldham. He's, he's comfortable with Jacob Johnson. They're going to come in. They know the system. Maybe it helps the offense get going from the start instead of explaining to people. So, look, I'm happy for Alec. He landed in a good spot in Miami. He was a fan favorite. But, you know, the fans need to know this is a business. It's nothing personal. It's not like Josh came in and said, I hate Alec Engel. Get the hell out of here. It's just business. And they want the best fit for the football team. And I think in the long run, it will work out for everybody. I was able to catch up with Alec Ingold today uh, as he was speaking at the Coral Academy. I mentioned that earlier, so we will hear from him on the way out. But the last thing I want to ask you, Eddie, is about the linebackers. It's a lot of movement there, freeing up a lot of cap space still with uh, releasing uh, Corey Littleton, Nick Kwiatkowski, defensive end, and Carl Nassib. All these guys moving on. Uh, it's pretty much all of it. Every single player that was brought in by John Gruden in the Mike Mayock era that was a big ticket free agent uh, gone. Is this this, the dawn of a new day? Yeah, it's got to be. But look, look at the players that are on the roster now. You got Denzel Perryman, who obviously did a tremendous job last year, made the Pro Bowl over 100 tackles. He's going to be here as that thumper. But you got guys that could do a lot of different things, right? You got that uh, Divine Diablo. I can't even say his name. Divine Diablo, who could do a lot of different things for the football team. You're going to see Jonathan Abram in that sub linebacker role. So I think you're going to want players with that versatility. I still think they're going to go out and definitely address it maybe in the draft with a linebacker, maybe the guy from Georgia to Kobe Dean if he falls a little bit. I would love a player yes. like that. Yes. But, you know, Heidi, it's not the standard, you know, linebackers anymore where you get the Ray Lewis types that are going to run it hit. You need guys with versatility that can cover. In the NFL now, it's nickel and dime. You have nickel and dime packages. You're not going to have three linebackers on the field for the most of the time. So you need some type of versatility from these players. So I, I do think... They went a different direction. They got a lot of guys. Nicholas Morrow moves on, signs the Chicago Bears. But you're going to get guys in here with versatility. They have players now. I expect them to sign one or two more players, if not draft a couple as well. Great stuff as always, Eddie. Thank you again so much for the time. And coming on twice today, for those who don't Why? know, maybe one day I'll like bounce back uh, the, the first version to the second version. <laughs> it's, always, it's always a pleasure, Heidi. I'm sure as soon as we stop this, there'll be more news coming out anyway. Yeah, we're about to publish it right now. And <laughs> I, I'm just going to go boop and like yes. leave it all the raw edits and everything. Um, but uh, Eddie, again, Sirius XM NFL executive producer and also on Yards Per Temp podcast. That's his podcast. You can catch it on RaidersBeat.com. Eddie, look forward to talking to you again soon, man. Heidi, always a pleasure. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Now we're going to hear from Alec Ingold, who again spoke at the Coral Academy in Las Vegas to the kids today and also spoke to me about what it meant to him to be a Las Vegas Raider and have the time here that he did. What did it mean to you today to come out here, tell your story and to have these kids also kind of listening to all that you had to say today? Uh, That's what it's all about. This is how you use the platform that you've been given. Um, These kids are are having fun. They're high, high level execution in school, inside of school and and outside of school. So as long as I can be a small little piece of their puzzle, um, that's really what I'm trying to do today. And I feel like it really 
Um, it really hit home and just seeing the smiles on the faces and just having a little bit of excitement today, uh, it was really cool, really special. How much do you feel like the kids of Clare County, they like, really need this to be able to like embrace somebody that's a figure here in town and also just to have that kind of experience with you? Yeah, you want to have as much accessibility to these kids as possible. And I think breaking down those barriers and just showing face and being like, we've been through the same things. Um, uh, it, not everything has been the same, but there's a lot of similarities, and I think being able to relate to kids at a, a deep level like that hopefully just helps them just be good kids. And um, the messages that their teachers, their parents, their coaches are all sending them, if uh, an athlete or a different role model in the community can um, also echo that same thing, maybe it hits home a little bit better um, the next time a teacher tries to tell them something. I tell you what hit home for me was when you penned that letter uh, to Vinny Montenegro in the mm -hmm. Review Journal, and you wrote about everything that you've been through, your experiences, like. Telling your story, for, for you, what does that mean to be able to reach people in the way that you have by continuing to tell that story? It's, a, it's so much a two-way street, right? Uh, I think writing that out is very therapeutic, but then also being able to connect to people at such a deep level uh, gives meaning in life. And building these relationships, like coming out here and doing this, or writing a letter, or um, being yourself and being real, uh, and then seeing how people can connect to that, I think that's, that's really been powerful so far. Yeah, I mean, this is my last day on the contract with the Raiders, and I don't think I'd want to be doing it, you know, anything else than using the platform that they gave me um, to hope, hopefully inspire some other kids out here. So I'm just really blessed for the platform that the Raiders have, have given me an opportunity to use, and I'm, I'm just going to use it until that, the, last, the last second. That'll do it for the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. I'd like to thank my guests here, Eddie Borsilli, Sam Gordon, and also Alec Inkle for joining the show. Everybody hit subscribe wherever you're listening and also check out all that we do on VegasNation.com. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.